0: uh katie chiming in and says she's coming after sean she says quote karma was a little long-winded quote breaking news sean has just been fired <laughs> from the just... podcast katie you were a yeah, guest it's gonna be
1: me katie and you nick now guest. bye, sean. Uh,
0: bye.
2: <laughs> and that would be the second reoccurring guest that becomes a full-time host
0: the new podcast <laughs> name two girls one bald coming to you this fall bald with a d just to be clear
1: I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's the cold open, folks. And speaking of getting the party
1: started. <gasps> <gasps> for the victory lap, though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer a What for? Train in the trees, please walk my sycamore
0: it is time for a fresh episode of the gridiron podcast it's episode 24 and if you're watching on youtube or on twitter or the platform now known as x i refuse to call it that or on twitch wherever you find us live you'll see that it's just me and sean tonight i'm nick shook that's sean Barry. katie caldwell is at work and she made in bills in from work she is putting in the time and effort you know yeah paying them paying them bills as sean just said and on episode 24, we last week in episode 23, we talked about Super Wildcard weekend. We previewed it. We gave our predictions. Some of them bold, some of them landed, some of them did not. But it is now Divisional Round weekend in the NFL. This is when things really get fun. Really get interesting. So, who better to bring on to the show than somebody who is intimately familiar with two teams that are going to face off this weekend? It is Fox Sports Zone Carmen
1: Vitali. Carmen, hello. I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say that I'm intimately familiar with three teams. Quite obviously, was gonna say yeah, don't, yeah, don't Six don't count years it short. in Tampa yeah. mean nothing to you.
0: Nick? No, Come well, on. actually, that, that was one of the two teams I was referring to since they're facing off this weekend. But okay, was well, counting I, the Packers. I know,
1: I know, I the like, Packers. I as also all. cover the Packers and the Lions, yeah, and for my real job right now.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you're going to get into the fact that the NFC North is your division. That's your territory. You claim it. You run it. You don't just. Occupy, you're not just there, you run the entire division. Everything, look, the Super Bowl runs through Kansas City most years, not this year, but every all the coverage runs right through Carmen. And we're happy to
1: have you here. How you been? Um, busy because I didn't really think Good. that that was going to be the case this year. I thought it was going to be like last year where I had one team that maybe made it maybe to this round, but to have two teams that made it to the divisional round, um, I apologize in advance if i get something mixed up between the lions and the packers because my head is spinning right now you
0: you you're you are among the most factually correct individuals in the media (laughs) landscape sean being right in front of you of course as we all know
1: obviously that man
2: is
0: an encyclopedia
2: sure let's go with that i'm flattered (laughs) um steel trap up here so, okay.
0: <laughs> My favorite connection here, having you on, is the fact that you used to cover the Buccaneers. You lived in Tampa. And then as soon as you left, Sean moved to Tampa. <laughs> Sean and, moved, and he moved he to Tampa.
2: I am Florida, man. I do. Yes.
1: I, don't, I didn't want to hang out with Sean in that meeting room, anyway.
2: No, right. And now I'm full on rocking like creamsicle every week. You know, it's it's. I
1: don't own a single creamsicle piece of clothing, which seems like a crime for all of the blood, sweat, and tears I put into that organization. So I, I keep, need to have I, a, keep, I need to have a talk with some of these guys.
2: I keep buying. I, I see it at like Burlington, and it's I'll see so it at Ross. Good. It is. It's, it's just so good. good, and like it's it's all like when I find the cheap stuff, like this hoodie, I think was like fifteen bucks, and. My girlfriend's like, why do you keep like, you're not a Buccaneers fan. Like you cover the team. Like I know, but like, you don't understand Buccaneer Bruce is such a cool logo. I love the creamsicles. So I got to go with them. I got to rock with them.
0: That actually yeah. makes me wonder. Um, last weekend, I ventured out to watch the Browns as something, you know, other than a media member on Saturday for the first time. And it, and it made me go in deep into like the storage to find actual Browns gear and I came across some stuff I got from when I worked for them. How much Bucks gear do you have in storage right now? I have
1: (gasps) No, so I am actually a purger. I am not a hoarder. I don't like to have a ton of stuff with me. So when I left the Buccaneers, I filled up two trash bags worth of Bucks gear and I brought it to the office for the girls to take from, like if they wanted any of it. Um, So I have very little. Most of the stuff I still have is like team issued because it's like the comfiest stuff ever. And I just, I, I live in like, there's this big buck sweatshirt that I have, uh, that one of the scouts gave me, like we had to scrounge for stuff too. I didn't, the team didn't like swag me out. Like some reporters are swagged out for their teams. So like, I not to say I didn't have a lot of stuff, but like, I didn't have a ton of team issue stuff. And if I had team issued stuff, it was literally hand-me-downs from the coaches and the scouts. Oh. Um, so, I'm yeah, awesome. I've kept some of that. I'm
2: currently jealous because every time I go into the Buccaneers facility, every single person on that team, on that PR staff, on the media team is wearing creamsicle dunks, and I want to know where they got them yeah. because they're the coolest you that things.
1: That, I mean, the creamsicle rollout was a huge thing, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did get those. Um, I could get to the bottom of that pretty easily, but I never received I guess I, ha- I got one pair of shoes from something. But the worst part was that we would get a little bit of a swag bag before training camp to wear, like, because we had to wear buck stuff, especially if you were on the field with the team. But the issue was they would give me girl stuff. And the girl stuff, they would give me these, like, running shorts that barely covered my ass. They would give me these tank tops, which I cannot wear. Um, and if I did, there would be comments. And I'm just like, I my body is not meant for this, like, without revealing too much. So that's when I went into coaches' offices and I was like, Hey, what don't you wear anymore? And I would just wear these giant t-shirts and leggings to practice in 95 degree heat and hundred percent humidity, which was really fun. (laughs) Uh, But that was my options because I could not go out there in a tank top and these cut off shorts. I'm like, I will get in so much trouble. Like there's no way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, go off though. Toxic, uh, toxic workplace. <laughs> Being a female
2: the airing of the grievances after she's left the box.
1: I, I know. I mean, I but I, I love that organization. The shorts I love were too everybody. short. The shorts were yep. too short. <laughs> I'm all right, trying well, to be professional uh, here.
0: <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into some recent news real quick before we actually dive into our previews and talk to you about all things divisional round weekend and especially. Uh, one of the games that you're going to be attending this weekend. And that is that after, uh, let's see, the Cowboys failed again on Super Wild Card weekend <laughs> and in dramatic fashion, again, uh, spectacularly <laughs> falling behind by as many as 41 points in that game before finding a way back into the game, and making it look closer than it really was by the end. The Cowboys are not going to make a change in head coach. Everybody thought Mike McCarthy was going to be fired by Sunday night. Nope. Still on the staff. They're proceeding forward with him on staff. That is the news today. Uh, any reactions to this? Did we think that there was going to be a change? Are we surprised at all that the Cowboys are going to con- you know just continue forward uh, with the status quo?
1: Um, I was in Jerry Jones scrum briefly before I got completely pushed out because Dallas media is insane. Uh, completely, re- I respect every single person that works on that beat because that scrum is no joke. Uh, but I heard enough just to say, him, Jerry Jones to say, I'm not going to comment on the coaching thing. Emotions were running high. He did acknowledge that this was the biggest surprise of his tenure involved in football in general. And so you kind of thought, all right, well, um where does this leave him this was supposed to be the year the field is weaker the cowboys had done so well at home they had a really pretty easy path easy path to the super bowl and it felt in so many ways like if not this year then when and i there were so many expectations on that team so it was I, that stadium was silent for a lot of it, except for the Go Pack Go chants that were ringing out at AT and T. It was wild, um, and the Packers had just gone in and exposed absolutely everything about the Cowboys in one half. If we're being honest, I mean that first half was all you needed to see. So I'm I'm a little shocked that they that Jerry Jones didn't pull the trigger, but I also think that. If you look at the coaching candidates that you would have ideally wanted to bring in, Jerry Jones wants someone that's established. Who I I, I see him and Bill Belichick butting heads. Like Belichick is used to having co- complete control over the roster plus coaching. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, for that matter, who really run stuff to, over there, they're not going to give that up. Um, because I mean, quite frankly, the roster is not the issue. So. I, I think Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers is kind of a foregone conclusion. I think that deal is done. Um, I don't know who else Jerry Jones would have been comfortable putting in there ahead of Mike McCarthy, who does come in with a really good resume and in the regular season can get things done. It's just these epic playoff collapses, with the, this one being the worst of all of them.
0: The worst part about that, too, is the fact that mccarthy i mean yeah his team played extremely poorly but like it's not like there was a situation where he mismanaged the clock or made a bad decision in the mm-hmm. spot like, they just played poorly the entire game they got out-classed. he wasn't yeah. forcing
2: dak prescott to throw into coverage you know like that 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 wasn't him you could make an argument to say he didn't have his team i guess ready or as ready to play as green bay was right. but at the same time I, I think that win said more about maybe not the roster but maybe just about the way they executed like but I am surprised. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised that Mike McCarthy has been deemed safe in Dallas because this is what we come to expect from Jerry Jones, right? Like, all right, mm-hmm. the coach made a bad mistake, and like, or so he would think, and it was an embarrassing playoff loss yet again. Time to you know clean house. Uh, Dan Quinn might be on his way out anymore. We'll see. Uh, to hear he's safe though, it gives me hope because you know even at how old is Jerry Jones now? He's in his 80s. Yeah, at least even if not even at, <laughs> even at eighty some, ninety some years old, the fact that he did not fire Mike McCarthy that shows personal growth.
1: And that gives <laughs> me hope. you're right. Okay. Apparently, you can Ma- teach an old dog new tricks.
2: <laughs> I thought Mike McCarthy was uh, was marked for the for the OC job in Pittsburgh the moment that clock hit triple zeros on uh, on on what was that Saturday Saturday yeah um, yeah. So Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The, yes, you're right. The fact that he is staying, I mean, hey, you, like you said, you can teach an old dog new tricks.
0: Uh, we have some people in the chat here. Uh, it's my buddy, Corey, a colleague, he just says McCarthy. And then he says, is Marty Schottenheimer 2.0? <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I'm glad that that took two messages, by the way, not just one. Like, he's so in emphasis, like McCarthy McCarthy. McCarthy. Is,
1: is Marty Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer 2.0? <laughs>
0: Um, I, I wanted to pivot to Bill Belichick and just the fact that like, he's his name is tossed into everything, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of over that whole thing. I just want to see how that plays out. So let's transition instead to the team that the Cowboys lost to, the Green Bay Packers, one of the teams that you cover very closely, and I did not gloss over earlier. They have advanced to the divisional round. Um, you have obviously seen this team, and you've seen the development of Jordan Love, especially over the back half of the season, how well he's playing. I mean, the kid's on fire. So when you're sitting there in the stadium, at AT AT&T Stadium, and you're watching them just house the Cowboys offensively and defensively, was there any moment where you were just like, I cannot believe this is happening? Because I remember your one tweet where you said they've just uh, reminded us in the press box that there's no cheering allowed in the press box. Uh, I mean, were you shocked?
1: Yeah, that's what. So. I don't think, even as much as you've seen this team grow in Green Bay and you realize that Jordan Love is the guy, uh, you still don't expect them to go out and completely dominate. That was the surprising part. And the fact that they gashed the Cowboys defense with Romeo Dobbs. I mean, there were so many times where he just sat in a soft spot of the zone and was wide the F open. And then you have Luke Musgrave running that tight end league play that he ran in week one against the Bears. Week one, he stumbled. This time, this man had no one within 16 yards of him and just bulldozed to the end zone. I mean, it was total and utter domination on the Packers' part. And that was what was surprising. Every time that Jordan Love found Romeo Dobbs on one of those chunk plays wide-ass open, there was a laugh that escaped my mouth and it wasn't, I think the cheering in the press box honestly was disbelieving moans from Dallas media more than anything. And I do think that, so Brian Gutenkunst and his staff do sit in the press box um, during games. And so I think there were some cheers coming from them too, because they did not have a suite to themselves. So between that and then honestly, it was the Dallas writers and the Dallas media that was like, what is going on? Like this Cowboys team is grossly unprepared for everything that the Packers are throwing at them. And what makes the Packers so dangerous though, is the fact that you never know who's gonna pop off. It's been a different guy for at least the past three to four weeks that has absolutely gone off for in the receiving end of things from Jordan Love. So this game in Dallas, it was Romeo Dobbs. Week 18 against the Bears, it was Jaden Reed. The Game before that, it was Tucker Craft. And then you have Aaron Jones just bulldozing, trucking everybody. I mean, the plays, amount of yeah. stiff arms that guy was throwing, I just, it was, it was incredible. It was bully ball. And that was, I was absolutely sitting there for most of the first half, just in utter disbelief because <laughs> wanna, of the wanna... fashion in which they were doing it.
2: I just want to point out that when we had Carmen on for our NFC preview show way back in the summer, by the way, Carmen is our first ever recurring guest, I think. Friend of the show. Yeah, <gasps> friend, officially. I'm
1: the first friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I, want to, I want to point out, and I wish we would have clipped this, and I guess we could do this in post, but you pointed out when you were, when you were previewing the Packers season, like it's going to ride on Jordan Love. It's all going to rely on Jordan Love and how he can develop. And you said – I don't think you were very high on him, and I don't think any of us were high on the Packers. And then you said, but as a Chicago Bears fan, they they could absolutely have hit the jackpot for the third straight quarterback in a row, and they probably have. And lo and behold, they clearly have.
1: On paper, Jordan Love is coming into about the best situation he could be coming into, on top of the fact he's been a part of this team for the last three years. He knows this offense inside and out. I keep going back to a quote that Tom Clements, the Green Bay Packers quarterbacks coach, said where when they were making this transition a couple months ago, he was like, at any point over the last couple of years, I could lean over to Jordan and be like, all right, defense is doing this. What are we doing? And Jordan would know because Jordan knows this offense like the back of his hand because he's been in it. He hasn't been executing it, but that takes away a giant part of the learning curve that he's going to face. So if he is who green bay thinks he is and i know that they kind of hedge their own bets by giving him that two-year extension and he's able and the rest of his team lives up to the potential that they're supposed to have the green bay packers are going to be just fine sorry i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was high on him, actually, given the fact that I talked a lot about how he was more prepared entering his first year as a starter than 99% of starters are uh, when they go into their first season. And it's because he sat on the bench for three years. He learned this offense backwards and forwards. Uh, quarterbacks coach Tom Clements, when they finally made the change and, and shipped Aaron Rodgers off, good you know, good riddance. Tom Clements said that at any point while Jordan was on the bench, he could lean over to him during a game and say, Okay, defense is doing this. What are we doing? What are, what are, like, what's the game plan? What's the next call? Blah, 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 blah. And Jordan Love could just give it to him right then and there. And it was only a matter of if he was going to be able to execute it because he had it all mentally up there, which is the hardest part as an NFL quarterback. So then it was up to him to execute it. Not only was it up to him to execute it, it was up to these first and second year receivers to also execute it. And these guys are learning right along with Jordan Love. So you have things that are being disrupted because the, because of the youth on this team, you have timing that is being disrupted routes that are being disrupted. They're not run correctly. All this stuff that has to go perfectly well for a a football play to be successful was hinging on guys that had no experience. So the fact that they got more experience, later in the season. I mean it's not a sexy reason, but they just needed time. And I talked Packers fans off a ledge in like week six Mm. because it wasn't it hadn't clicked quite yet. And I I wrote an article and I just talked about, hey, listen, it's gonna take more than six games. You can't draw any sweeping conclusions from what you've seen so far. You don't even have the right offensive line combination out there yet. Right. Like losing Bakhtiari, it took them weeks to figure out what the best because weirdly the Packers have multiple linemen that are versatile, that you can play them at different spots, and they're very effective at both those spots, in like Alton Jenkins and Zach Tom. So it was about trying to find the right position for all five of these guys, and it took a while. And once that happened, lo and behold, Matt LaFleur opened up the playbook because he trusted his offense more, not to mention these guys got more experience in the NFL against NFL opponents. So um, I thought that Jordan Love was set up more than most. I mean, that early on when, when I talked to you guys first, I probably wasn't as high as I ended up being like a couple, a few weeks later because it was like, who's going to call that shot? <laughs> like, I just thought it was funny that you're like, as
2: a Chicago Bears fan, they could absolutely <laughs> but yeah, and then because we expect them to.
1: I, I think I leaned on that a lot in the off season, where I was just like, until I see it not work for the Packers, I won't believe it because it has worked my entire life. They have had <laughs> three decades of good future Hall of Fame quarterbacks who am I to think that this is any different? Because if that hasn't, I haven't seen it yet. And I still we, haven't seen it.
0: We get a chime in from my buddy Chuck over on uh, Twitter. He says the Packers eating three Nothing. generations of very good quarterback play. Isn't fair. Uh, absolutely. That's exactly what Carmen just touched on. But here's the thing about that, that I think is, is important is that you talked about how you had to talk the Packers fans off of a ledge around like week six and you had to write about it and kind of bring them back because in that period of time, and I'm sure you know this very well. Jordan Love had a tendency to get them in positions in games where they could win, and he would have the ball and and one opportunity to go down the field and score and self-destruct like over and over again. It happened against the Steelers. It happened against the Raiders. Like Just two games off the top of my head where it happened. Yes, it just continuously happened. There was the game against the Saints where they were able to to mount a comeback and win that game, but that was also in week three. There were signs that he could become who he is now, but too often he couldn't get out of his own way. And then eventually... It all clicked and they go on this run. Now they're in the playoffs. And so I'm wondering if they are maybe the most dangerous team in the NFC that nobody sees coming because they're too busy focusing on the Niners and the Lions and maybe even Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. For what I alluded to earlier, in the fact that you have no idea who's going to pop off on this offense. And the way that Matt LaFleur and his coaches, specifically Jason Vrabel, who is the wide receivers coach, Dan Orlovsky did a great breakdown today with Andrew Hawkins, I think um, about what these receivers are doing well and how smart they are running these routes, how well they are, they're running these routes. They understand the leverage that the DB has on them and they are selling differently and going the other way. Like the way that these guys have been coached up and have evolved and improved in just a season is incredible. I cannot be understated or overstated um, how incredible this is. Packer's coaching staff has been with this offense, and again, the fact that you have these young guys on paying you're paying these guys virtually nothing, and they all are threats like that is incredible as a as a defense, you can only game plan for a certain amount of guys, which is what we saw against the Cowboys when Romeo Dobbs went off Romeo Dobbs does is is tied for the team lead in touchdowns or tied for the team lead in touchdowns um but He didn't have the year that we all kind of were expecting to the point that he was like Jordan Love's number one receiver. Jordan Love's number one receiver was Jaden Reed, a rookie. And so when you have all of these guys, like Dallas game plan for Jaden Reed. They absolutely did that. They game plan for Christian with the fact that Christian Watson would probably be available. They did that. They did not game plan for Romeo Dobbs because what, how, how do you do that when you have all of these other guys to worry about? Uh, you're going to lose somebody in coverage, and that's what the Packers are so good at taking advantage of because they have a guy like Matt Lafleur. And on top of that, sorry, I'm going long, I'm rambling because oh, by is, all means, this is a lot. Just speak um, your heart out. On top of the fact, though, that Jordan Love is now running Matt Lafleur's offense, and this was something that was brought up earlier. And I'm apologizing because I don't know where this, I forget where this came from. I think it was. Ryan Wood, who tweeted it out. Uh, I'm gonna go back and look. But he essentially said, it was, it was either Matt LaFleur or Adam Stenovich, their offensive coordinator, talking about what Aaron Rodgers did last year where he changed so many plays and went off script and did his own thing. That does not allow for you to build upon your game plan. And what Matt LaFleur is so good at is playing chess. So he's setting up defenses based on the plays he's calling. You can't do that when you don't know the calls that are being made on the field. Now Jordan Love is doing that. So Matt LaFleur is thinking two, three steps ahead early on in the game, setting you up with showing you these looks and that look and this one. And then in the second half, making adjustments to say, okay, we're going to show you that same look that we showed you earlier, but now we're going to run something completely different out of it. And that is another thing that the packers are so good at and it makes them completely lethal and i i they're completely being underestimated too so I, is it possible? though I think, I think, like uh,
2: after go ahead nick
1: well i think that just speaks to the the
0: attribute that no other team has um you know we talk about how this is the youngest roster in the league right there's like yeah. a the privilege of like being naive like not knowing any better and both in not knowing any better than to go into, you know, at and Stadium and take down a Cowboys team that hadn't lost a game there in 16 games. At, like just going yeah. in there and be like, yeah, we can win. So we don't care. We don't know any better than that. We have full faith and confidence in ourselves. And also in the same regard, we're young. We don't really know everything about everything. So we're going to listen to what our coach tells us to do. And, and <laughs> it's all coming together at once at the same time. Like that, there's no other team that's got that blend because no other team is as young as them. Mm, that's true. I was or just gonna you say how how
2: how just how underrated are they though? Because when you look at the NFC, everyone looks at the Niners, of course, like Super Bowl favorites, whatnot. You look at the Lions, a great story, and they are such a good team, and they're rolling, they're at home, they're fun to watch, and they're 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 it's a fun environment to watch as well. But then you also look at the other two teams in the NFC. You look at the Buccaneers, you look at the 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 Packers. And they are two underrated teams, yes, but they announced themselves with such a presence during Super Wild Card Weekend. It's really tough to underrate them now because the Packers absolutely, like you said, demolished the Cowboys. And then down here in Tampa, the Buccaneers bullied the defending NFC champions. Like, neither of them were shy about the way they won those games. So to say that they're going to be underrated now... I don't know because i think some people are going to pick the packers and i know some people are picking the packers to beat the niners and some people are going to pick the buccaneers to beat the lions
1: that's true but also think about the storylines that dominated the headlines immediately following those games i mean in your market yes of course it's that the bucks won and they moved on and they bullied the eagles but nationally think about the storylines that came out of those things it wasn't about the bucks winning that game it wasn't about the packers dominating the game it was about The teams they lost to and the collapse that both of those teams had so i feel like nationally so many of these people are still treating both of these games like a fluke and saying well i mean the eagles really lost that game because look at how terrible they've been doing and they've been on this slide for a while or this is the same old cowboys they destruct they self-destruct self-destruct in the postseason so it's the storylines nationally have not been that these two teams are really good teams. This is like, nah, you got lucky with that matchup. And so I think that if either of them move on past this weekend, then I think you there's something to be said about all right, you can't be underrating these guys anymore. Come on. But I don't I, I I have to push back that they haven't arrived at all because everybody's making the excuses yeah, of well, you know, the other team on being the-
2: bad. Here on the Gridiron podcast, we will give the uh, Packers and the Buccaneers their flowers.
0: All right. Th- yes, and now it's the no perfect time, will. I think, to transition into this this weekend where the Packers take on the number one seeded San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara, which is nothing more than a glorified business park with a stadium and an amusement park set inside it. Let's just <laughs> go straight into, I think, predictions here. Um, how do we see this one shaking out?
1: Uh... uh... Um, I mean, everything we just said, everything we just said, I still don't know that I trust the Packers. And I think a lot of that still is youth like you still haven't seen everything. And also what we haven't talked about with Green Bay is that defense, they have come on a little bit, lo- you know, better towards the end of the season into the postseason. Uh, They had four sacks on Dak Prescott in Cowboy land. They had two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. Those are the key things that the Green Bay Packers defense is going to have to keep up. I don't know that I trust them to keep that up, especially against a 49ers team that has so many different playmakers. Like how Teams have had issues game planning for all of those guys all season long. It's what makes them so good. But at the same time, the Niners' weakness on defense, if you could call it that, is probably in the run game and that is where packers can shine with aaron jones and if you get aaron jones involved early you can open up the playbook you can have the full breadth of everything you want to run at matt Lafleur's fingertips and this is also matt Lafleur going against his former mentor being like no i got this like you know he has every motivation to come in there and also packers have absolutely nothing to lose like no one expected them to make it this far so I fully expect Matt LaFleur in the way that he was aggressive against Dallas, taking the taking the ball after winning the coin toss, going forward on fourth and two, all that kind of stuff. I fully expect him to do that times 10 in San Francisco because you're not going to win this game unless you take some risks.
0: Yeah, totally. But I don't know. I don't have a
1: pick. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it's okay. You don't need a pick. We we don't really have to pick games here. We can just lay out how we think it's going to happen. What are we going to say, Sean?
1: Oh, I was going
2: to ask, you got to pick, you got to score, but no, if we're not yeah, doing picks, no. I'll, I'll, I'll
1: i do pick. I don't want to. I don't want to.
0: That's fine. You can. We can rec- recuse you from doing picks. I guess we'll mm. provide picks. Uh, yeah, Sean, that. go ahead. Go first. So after everything
2: we just said about the Packers, after how impressive they were, we do forget that they're going up against probably just pound for pound the best football team in the NFL at the moment. Are they,
1: though? Um, are they, though? What? They're one of them. Hey, are they the, the best? I don't know. To go with of what
2: I, Carmen said, you know, the Packers have fall. nothing to lose. Most dangerous <laughs> animal is a caged one, a cornered one, you know, um, but I'll still take the Niners. Because they have that kind of team of destiny air to them. They want to get back at least to the NFC title game and show that they could get to the Super Bowl if it weren't for, you know, Brock Purdy tearing his UCL in the NFC title game last year at home. So uh, I'll go with the Niners. I'll go in a close one, though. I'll say 28, 23,
0: Niners. Ah, uh, damn it. I shouldn't have let you go first because I had Niners 27, Packers 23. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, mm, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. Everything that has been discussed in the last five or ten minutes i'm on board with everything not that we're a podcast of uh, yes men and women um we are not an echo chamber but when good points are made we respect and acknowledge those good points and i think carmen and sean you've both made some fantastic ones carmen carrying the weight there uh let's (laughs) move on to the next game another team that sorry sean (laughs) Uh,
2: that's okay that's why we brought carmen on
0: yes exactly let's go to the next game here um another couple of teams this is what i alluded to earlier that carmen is intimately familiar with and that is the buccaneers <laughs> and the lions the lions are fresh off of their first playoff win in 30 plus years and i was frankly born. i will just Shut leave up, this on <laughs> <laughs> neither was i it's um, not
1: that's not saying oh it's been are like you how i'm not, old not saying I? it's been uh, recently
2: like it it happened a while ago you like, like, it was, like a 91 years, it's not, it's not i, a big, I yeah, have i have you
1: guys by 2 years that's okay
2: like it's we're not saying like it's like it happened like ages ago it just happened
0: one year before we were born and at least two of us have the same appreciation for Lil wayne in here so what you know what is a birth date what's a birth year who cares we're all in the same area same generation uh the lions are fresh (laughs) off of that that big time playoff win right did they already win their super bowl that's what i'm worried about you know they they, all the celebration brad holmes screaming in the elevator and eminem in the in the luxury suite and everything else and they've cleared this great hurdle but like, there's more games to play, guys. Are, are they going to get caught a little bit here, or am I just blowing this out of proportion to find something to talk
1: about? Uh, probably the latter. Uh, yeah, although I'm going to be so upset if Eminem is not there this weekend and when I'm finally there. Uh, the video of him on the Jumbotron and then the entire crowd rapping Lose Yourself is just like... That was awesome. Ah, that was awesome. I need it. I need it i need to inject it into my veins i need to be there for it i've been at i've been at some big games at ford field but nothing that compares to what we saw last week so i don't think that you really have to worry about this team though because this is a team that if i go back to last season when they started one and six i was in that locker room and the way that i would have never known that they were down that bad because And it's not a knock on the lions it's a testament to the culture that dan campbell has built that they all were still happy they were still playing music they were still you know joking with each other joking with me joking like they were the vibes were still good even during that and so if you can continue to kind of focus inward and you can draw your motivation from this singular belief that you have it makes it very easy to block out anything that's going on around you good or bad And so I think that that's going to carry over into this situation, not to mention, they came in, the Lions came into this season with all of the momentum. I mean, that week 18 game against the Packers in Lambeau, knocking Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out of the playoffs, just out of pure spite, was an announcement that, like, we're going to make some noise next year. And they didn't shy away from that. What did they do week one? They went out and they beat the Chiefs on banner raising night. Like Mm -hmm. they have been able to rise to the occasion and draw from internal motivation throughout this entire year, even with the weight of expectation on them. And I think that that's really cool. It's it's what makes this team so much fun to cover. And it's what I think is going to propel them through all of this emotion and all of this history and all that other stuff. You hear Dan Campbell talk about how he has not processed any of it and he won't until it's over. And I think that a lot of the guys are taking that approach. Like I know I saw you saw Brad Holmes like yell in the elevator, but from everything I heard from the locker room, the guys weren't overly like they weren't popping bottles. They weren't smoking cigars. They weren't doing anything like that. It was like, okay, this is one win, but we've got more to do. And I think Jared Goff even said that.
0: That's comforting because I worry about that. (laughs) Sean, I think
2: Carver makes a good point, but to your point, Nick, I think the fans kind of saw that as their Super Bowl more than the yeah. players. Yeah. That's I, I, a good like, point. yeah, obviously that's a lot of energy expended, but the fans were the ones that were, you know, jeering uh Matthew Stafford for coming back. The Lions players weren't. Like they 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 don't they don't care about that stuff. They they know what it means, but at the same time it's like they're not the ones that were jaded when Matthew Stafford left to go get a ring. Um, you know, Jared Goff has turned into a great quarterback for them, so more power to him. Um, what I worry about though is even when the lions played the buccaneers earlier in the season down here in Tampa uh, on creamsicle day, uh, which can, can they do that again? Like, can we do that again? Please it'd be great. would be awesome. I know. Um, that would be great um I mean I think the fact that the Bucks
1: lost in those uniforms though means like they're not yeah
2: again I I, what was the stat I think I said it on the the podcast and all of the The all of
1: the history and like the stuff behind why it took them so long to bring it back like they were so bad in those uniforms and then they bring them back out and they lose we we did a
2: story We did a story on those uniforms that said, why are they so fondly remembered? you have a 192 winning percentage in those uniforms? Like this because should not be remembered like fondly. people like old
0: stuff. The 90s but are people back. Do. People like exactly. old stuff.
2: So that that being said, old, yes. back in that game, the Lions, like they bullied uh, Tampa Bay in that game. Like they could not yeah. get anything going on the ground, through the air. The Lions just dominated that game physically, uh, winning it 20 to 6. Kind of stopping, you know, Detroit's high powered offense for, for the most part. Tampa's defense did a pretty good job. What I want to watch, though, what I'm curious about is at that point in the season, Kalijah Canty was still injured. He has become an absolute force in the middle of the defensive line along with Vita Vea. And you also didn't have quite the emergence of outside linebacker Yaya Diaby that you do now. Now yep. he has that starting job. He has taken over for Joe Tryon Shoyenka, and he has taken over for Logan Hall. Um, and who am I missing? Um, Anthony Nelson, uh, Shaq Barrett. Like he he has really kind of taken over. And God, I remember back during like rookie minicamp when they trotted Yaya Diaby out there. And I looked up and I'm like, this guy's a linebacker. Crap, he's, he's gonna big. be able to play in this league. He is a big dude. Yeah, big boy. Um, those two guys who I just mentioned, they bullied the Eagles. So from being bullied themselves to bullying the Eagles, however banged up the Eagles were, I know they were without A.J. Brown and whatnot, but Hey, when you stop the tush push, even if you're, you know, holding someone's face mask and helmet, (laughs) you still stop the tush push, which not a lot of teams have done. I'm going to be focused on that battle. Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball? Because I think their offensive line can their offensive line is just just evolved leaps and bounds from where cody malk was week one to where he is now mm-hmm. the run game has started to work and even when the run game isn't dave Canales has found more ways to get rashad white the ball i think this is going to be a really really good game it might be the game of the weekend and i picked the eagles to win last weekend i, I got burned so far <laughs> so before
1: yeah i'm gonna ride with the bucks why not i'll man? give you i'll give you more ammo if you want it um, I'm sure. So the pressure packages and stuff that Todd Bowles trotted out against the Eagles were something that he hasn't shown before because it was brand new. Uh, if I still know Todd Bowles, he's doing the exact same thing. He was he spent the last two days, devi- or last day and a half, whatever it is, devising a new package that is Lions specific for this specific game for who they're going to have available, and he has taught it. He has installed it today for that Bucks team. And they're probably real excited about it. Because not only is Todd Bowles notorious for doing stuff like that, he is going against Aaron Glenn, uh, who is the Detroit defensive coordinator. They are very close. These guys are best... Like, they're literal besties. It's adorable. Um, I talked to both of them about each other earlier in the season. Uh, Todd literally calls Aaron baby boy. Like, this is a guy that is that counts Todd as one of his mentors in this league. Todd is absolutely gonna go out there and be like, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm I'm still the master at this. I am the defensive mastermind. Aaron Glenn is going to be just as motivated, though, to show him that, no, I've learned, I've grown, I can do this, too. So it's going to come down to the trenches. Uh, I do think the line, you cannot, uh, you can't underestimate the Lions offensive line there. This is one of the best offensive lines in football. They are so, so good. You saw that with the nods to Frank Ragnow and Panay Sewell um, in Pro Bowl and All-Pro. Frank Ragnar didn't get an all pro. I don't want to talk about it. Um, this is, these are guys that uh, across the line though, there's not really a weakness if they're all healthy. So that's going to be interesting to me is just all of the crazy things that Todd is going to pull out between dropping D tackles in coverage or putting, I think back to even like, was it week six of 2019 when they played the Packers and Todd Bowles lined up Jordan Whitehead at, in the zero and put dominican sue and vita vea as the inside backers behind him like todd is not afraid to do so many creative things with this front and that's why there are only there's very specific guys that can play for todd Bowles in those in those positions because of what he asks them to do we saw it even in the game against the eagles you had anthony nelson as a stand-up backer in, in the second level where you you that that screws with your mic points that screws with ever, all the checks that the offensive line is making it screws with the protection that the quarterback is calling all of that stuff and it's going to be so cool to watch i can't wait but i think you're dead on in the fact it's going to start and end in the trenches and that is music to my ears
2: that's i that's will the key. that being that's, said
1: what
0: nick Oh, i was just gonna say that that's that's the key to to beating the lions like, plain and simple, if you watch their games front to back all year, yep. yep. The games in which they succeeded is when they protected Jared Goff well because he can operate this offense effectively on time, time on, to- you know, on target passes if he's given time to throw. He can do it with yeah. the best of them. He's got a, an yep. NFL level arm. We've seen it since he came in with the Rams, but he needs time to throw. Um, yeah. And if you pressure him and knock him out of that rhythm, it's going to be a problem. He'll turn the ball. The over. Bucks. That's what happens to also- the Packers on Thanksgiving. Go ahead.
2: The Bucs also got to him in that game earlier in the year. They sacked him Neither. three times. And again, they weren't fully healthy on defense, and they weren't fully developed on defense to the level that they are now. So like I said, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Bucs because why not? I, I think this will be yeah. a really good game. Um, and I'll take them 24-20. Okay.
0: Yeah, 24-20. Um, I, I think if there's a quarterback that's better equipped to deal with chaos around him, it's Baker Mayfield, not Jared Goff.
1: And that <laughs> could true. be
0: the defining difference in this game which is why i'm not going to pick the buccaneers because i just can't bank on that like I, i've my gut said lions 2320 and that's what i went with my pick submission on monday so i have to stick to it because it's in the public now and i can't go back on that <laughs> i'm already gonna get lit i have some rain yeah i don't hedge my bets i don't well, hedge my no, bets pretty no, well no, that's not. something
1: i need to be better about probably but like i i go full yeah. tilt Oh you no. Know, you,
0: you gotta you gotta stick to your initial submission even if you know later in the week that it's wrong um <laughs> i had some ravens guy get in my mentions today and he's like i found someone who finally picked the texans and then i just copied and pasted a tweet that i sent out over the weekend where i said texans might win the whole damn afc and i was like well i tweeted this so i thought i'd stick to it um so i'm gonna stick with my prediction of lions 23 buccaneers 20 but honestly what i just said about baker versus golf and, and who can handle pressure better and chaos around them it is baker and I would not be surprised to see the Buccaneers pull off a win. And if we get an NFC championship game in which it's like Packers-Bucks or (laughs) Niners-Bucks, my head's going to explode. But imagine that kind of year.
2: Imagine an NFC championship game back here in Tampa because it's Packers-Bucks.
0: Oh, man. Hard pass. All right, let's move on to the next two games. Let's get through this. But before we do that, Katie has chimed in from work, and she says, Carmen is back with three, four heart emojis.
1: Katie, you didn't see it because it was off camera. But I said the only reason I agreed to do this tonight was because I thought you were going to be a part of it. They lied to me.
0: Oh no, we just withheld it. that's
1: true. You didn't you didn't explicitly say she was going to be there, but I assumed, and you let me assume.
2: The Gridiron Podcast. We lure guests on using a lie false pretenses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, one thing on the cream school uniforms from our friend Lemon Bendy the cream school color is awesome. The uniform is just finally old enough that lots of people don't remember the losses that tainted it.
1: That is true.
2: That's fair, fair point. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's very true.
2: It's fair point.
1: Likes it's All not right. like the
2: pewter and red have been that successful outside of two years.
1: I was gonna say, yeah. Well, and then there was the 2002 years, yeah. like with Gruden yeah, they and stuff like that. Men.
0: Yeah, they were. I said, close. yeah, out of two years, <laughs> yeah, two. Super well, Bowls. they had two Super Bowls, but they were like a perennial contender from like '99 to like 05 yeah yeah. They, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: They were. That's when they
0: changed. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. No, no, they 90, changed. Like they that. changed in '96, I think. '96
1: or '97 was when they did the They went to the alarm clock 96. numbers in 2014, and that oh, oh, really. Oh, God. oh, no! Carmen was but there they, for that. I'm sure you enjoyed that a lot. I was not. I didn't get there oh. till 2016. Thank you very much. Yeah, but they were wearing them then. Oh, yeah, they were. It was awful. I hated it. Yeah. Try, try watching a game from the press box and figuring out who's who. If you don't already know. Like, I, th- thank God I knew that team backwards and forwards because I, I saw them in the building every day. Because otherwise, I would have had no idea.
0: But the flag logo is bigger. Okay? And that's all. And the face mask was chrome. And that's chrome, what was cool yeah. about it. Katie chimed back and She yeah. said, I'll never let you down again with a little hard hands emoji. Come Cute. back, Katie. We miss you. Um, Katie, all right. Come back. Next game, Texans versus Ravens. Uh, the Texans blew out the Browns, absolutely obliterated them in, at home, and have moved on to face the AFC's number one seed in the Baltimore Ravens, who are in elite company with the Niners as one of the best teams in the NFL. And I'm not going to say that they're the best team either, because I think every team in the playoffs has a flaw or has a little bit of um, – fraudulence to them that has a
1: question marked a question to them yeah if yeah I'm nick not does not, not deal in
0: absolutes he is not a sith lord i uh, yeah, i guess so <laughs> uh but how do we see this one shaken out
1: yeah i i uh... I don't know. I think it's you, the, it's the same that, that we're talking game.
0: about. We're like every game, yeah, is yeah probably.
1: There's a reason that all of these guys have made it to the divisional round, and that the Ravens had a bye. I mean, I, that's the other thing. I don't know that I want to bet against the Ravens off a of bye, though. Like, I just I think that being well rested. So much of this team comes down to like how well, how healthy their team is, and how healthy their players are to make the plays that they they are so like Lamar Jackson being healthy and being have the full breadth of his skill set available to him is so important and then to think that we could get mark andrews back like (laughs) like i don't know i can't i'm not i'm not picking against the ravens not with all of this momentum building for them not with them coming off rest, not with mark andrews potentially returning as much as i love cj stroud and i love that kid um i don't i don't know i'm not picking against the ravens
2: i i think that's the closest thing we're getting uh to a pick from carmen but uh, i agree i'm not gonna pick against the ravens they are so so good different defense than the browns browns were banged up all over the field offensive line defensive line quarterback clearly running back like the the fact that the browns made it at all with the record that they did is nothing short of a miracle and it was a great story but uh i don't want to say the texans exposed them there that the texans just were ready and joe flacco i guess wasn't the Pixie dust ran out, but I'm not going to bet against the Ravens this time. I'll say, uh I'll, I'll say, like, I don't want to say it's a blowout, but 27-17
0: Ravens. Yeah, that's fair. That's not blowout territory. Carmen, is that a Stanley Cup?
1: Hell yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, why am I not surprised? <laughs> who,
2: who did you have to elbow in the head to get that? Oh yeah, logo's coming through.
1: Uh, no, I got this one on Amazon.
0: No, oh, yeah, I have two Amazon's.
1: of them though. I got one as a gift. I got my first one as a gift. I had no idea what they even were when I got it, but this was last Christmas. So it's been a while. And then I quickly became obsessed. And now I have this one too. I only have two though. Can you explain for want the Starbucks pink one. It's so cute.
0: Who is not attuned. What the deal is. What's the deal with Stanley cups?
1: No, I can't. Cause I don't get it. Like, oh. is this the best Tumblr I've ever used? No, it isn't. But like, Does it hold a shit ton of water and do I need to drink more water? Absolutely. So I'm going to ride with this thing and it goes everywhere with me. And the fact that it does go everywhere with me, has it's now become my more emotional support water bottle. And (laughs) I, I, I'm not comfortable unless it's like literally next to me. I sleep with it next to my bed. I bring it back down in the morning. Every, I, I'm a basic white girl, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. And Remember I mean, uh, back in the
2: day when like teacup poodles and purses were a thing? Thanks like Paris Hilton and like that and the, stuff. Yeah, there, that's the juicy like felt bags. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, pretty yeah. much just what it is now.
1: It's part of your purse Well, now. this is it's a lot good. less maintenance. I just throw this in the dishwasher every like week or, or so. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hand wash only. It's not. I can throw it in the dishwasher. <laughs> All
0: right. I'm going to give you my pick real quick. Um, I'm right with the Texans because of that tweet. I'm riding with them because I believe in C.J. Stroud. Uh, as my buddy Chuck said, developed here, C.J. is going to the AFC Championship, but he's also a Browns fan, so he's biased. Um, and by developed here, he's a Buckeye fan. Uh, C.J. Stroud comes from Southern California. Having said oh, that, say, yeah, he's going to go back to Baltimore where he started his NFL career um, in – it was kind of depressing fashion because the Texans just weren't, really weren't re- ready to succeed at that time. They got dominated by the Ravens. He's going to go back to the place where his career began. He's going to come in there, and he's going to send the Ravens home to a familiar finish, a divisional round loss. I Texans, wish he would. 28. I'm, I'm, I'm okay if he does. Ravens, 27. Last second field goal. Kaimi Fairbairn, who's got the longest legal name you're ever going to find, is going to drive that up. Uh, the except
1: for Vita Vea.
0: Vita Vea's oh, yeah. name is way longer. Can you do it off the top of your head? No, God, no. Oh, I would be very Sydney impressed. Simi Hoko. Super California. No, I can't do it. Just, yeah. A
2: for effort.
0: A for effort. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Last game. Let's run through this here. Chiefs-Bills, familiar matchup. Different looking teams, different venue. It's not at Arrowhead this time. First time Patrick Mahomes, in case you haven't found out by now, is going on the road for a playoff game. They are going to Highmark Stadium, probably one of the worst names in the NFL for a stadium outside of Accrashire Stadium or, or Paycor stadium. There yes, you go. There are a number of poorly named Who calls stadiums, them right that, now? though?
1: Nobody actually calls them that.
0: Yeah, I it's know. still Heinz to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunt's ketchup, not good. Heinz, very good. Uh, The Chiefs are coming off of one of their better performances despite the frigid temperatures in Arrowhead. And the Bills kind of dominate the Steelers for a half and then let them back in the game and then held on to win. Uh, Sean is a Steeler fan. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, so we're not going to get in Sean's emotions right now. He's had a couple days to process this. I'm sure he has nothing to say about the coach that he kind of wants to leave Pittsburgh. We're going to leave that all in man. The like
2: when, when you're playing, you know, the bills, the state government of New York and the weather and the refs, you can't beat that, all four of those things. Like you can, you can be one of those things. You can't beat all four. That's the excuse. <laughs> all right. Right. I will say, did did no. did did Josh Allen or did he not hit the kind of Kenny Pickett fake slide on that no. fifty-two yard? No, yeah, he I did. disagree. Yes, no, he no, did. He too. squared up. You, you can see his left leg. His left me. leg started to go down, man. His left leg started to go down. He squared oh. up. The you defense you see
1: do receivers change levels like that to juke uh, to juke Thank DBs you. all the time. Yeah, he but receivers great, aren't man. quarterbacks. You don't
0: get fifteen yards for hitting them. Oh wow. I said we weren't going to get into Sean's emotions and he's just airing his grievances right now. I mean, my <laughs> God, Sean, he hit the brakes. I think he thought for a second, maybe I should bounce it outside or maybe I should get down. And in that moment of hesitation, realized, oh, I can just cut this way. I'm
1: and sure. he sure did. Did. Yeah, I'm, I don't think it I'm, was I'm like sure an you, intentional like, oh, no, fake slide. No, then,
2: no I don't know. No, no, I don't think it was an intentional fake slide. But I do think he kind of held up a little bit knowing that, well, they can't hit me if I kind of break, put on the brakes a little bit. And then I'm going to run right past him because the next time what happened, he runs, he gets hit 15 yard penalty. It's just, or it, he saw that the
1: DB bit and was like, "All right, cool, I can keep going."
2: Exactly, thank but you so you're damned you. if you do, damned if you don't. If you're a defensive backer, or if you're a linebacker, and the quarterback is running to, yeah, towards well, you the rules in the open are field towards
1: the offense. Exactly, I view. know,
2: I know. That's all so I want to, to say. complain about. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to complain. What, you what to to say? do you hey, I, don't I don't don't need like to complain. I just want to complain. This is the internet.
0: Do I need a reason to complain? No. I just want to complain, man. Okay, you're right. You're right. That's everybody gets a microphone. Not everybody deserves one, but they all get one. Um, <laughs> oh, I do not deserve one oftentimes. So uh, do we take the Chiefs performance over the Dolphins as a sign of their offense is figuring it out? Or was it just kind of an anomaly in, in weird temperatures against a team that is not used to playing them in those temperatures? I don't know.
1: How are you going to how are you going to bet against Andy Reid in the postseason, though? That's, That's my thing. Cool. That's true. Like, like in the way that I know Todd Bowles can like devise a defensive plan that is p- opponent and like date specific, Andy Reid can do the same thing on offense and put together something that these teams haven't seen before, and especially two teams that are as familiar with each other as these guys. I mean, this has this ri- this rivalry has skewed towards the Chiefs uh, for in, in recent history. So I just I can't. I can't bet against Andy Reid in the postseason. Just the way that that entire team locks in in the postseason, I can't do it.
0: I think there's something to be said about the mental hurdle too. Like we haven't beaten these mm-hmm. guys. This is our this is our time. We're gonna play them at home finally. And yet it's gonna get to the third or fourth quarter, and it's gonna be close, and something's not gonna go their way, and suddenly the the horrors of years past creeps going. in. Right, yeah. like are you started exactly. having PTSD
1: flashbacks. Like, yeah, you're back in Nam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fortunate
2: son is playing as a Huey, flies over Highmark Stadium. Uh, you, ask, you ask, how do you bet against Andy Reid in the playoffs? Like this, I'm picking the Bills. I think the Bills are starting to approach that kind of storyline of the the 2011 Packers, the 2006 Steelers, those nine and seven Giants teams. They all had to go on the road and do it. The Bills don't. But they were at one point six and six. They fire their offensive coordinator and they start to win games and they start to string games together and they don't look pretty doing it like none of those games no. down the stretch really looked that good. This one against the Steelers last week probably was their most convincing win. When a team spots you 21 points, that's going to happen. Like you said, Nick, they kind of let the Steelers back in the game that one, uh, but they didn't turn the ball over, which is huge, especially for Josh Allen and the Bills. I don't want to bet against them. They're at home this time. You know, that – that. oh, my God. I got to see what a Buffalo Stadium atmosphere was like earlier this season when the Bucks traveled there for Thursday night football, and it was great. It was like a college atmosphere. I wish I could go to those games all the time. It was so much fun. The amount of times I was offered alcohol, liquor, and just beer in general, I would have been like on the ground –
1: are all the same forms thing. alcohol.
2: Yeah. I meant sorry. I meant sorry. I meant to say like liquor uh schnapps I was offered a bunch. That's, beer oh, I was no. offered a oh. bunch. Doing like, it again. Oh. What? Oh. That's just kidding. How
1: about wings jumping through? Wings.
2: I was offered food, but tell like, me you're the, offered
1: like a brat or something.
2: Yeah. I was not, I dude. I was offered nothing but liquor and beer. Because Uh-oh. like they do these people take shots of like blackberry schnapps out of bowling balls and they do not wipe off the hole after you take those shots well, that's not a surprise so uh, well, they, also, ball, said, they also
1: sacrifice themselves to the pitch. so i mean we, I also, we've long known that buffalo fans that bill's mafia are not um i was i was so clean. confused
2: when when the governor of new york was like due to you know safety like you know we were trying to keep you out of like life-threatening conditions no, Bills Mafia threatens their lives. Like, they don't need the weather to do that for them. They jump through flaming tables. No, they tables jump off and, cars into tables. Exactly. Like, flaming you don't need the tables, weather, apparently. Apparently. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. So, I'm going to roll with the Bills. Um, I don't know. They're, they're starting to kind of take on that team of destiny to, what is their winning streak up to now? Six games, seven games? I just, my home's having to go there this time around. It Sick. feels different. And uh, I have no other know, reason that. other than vibes. That's all I got.
0: Okay. Hey, listen, um, we, love, we love vibes. This is a vibes-based podcast. I don't know if you know this, Carmen, but since you were last on, this is very much a vibes-based podcast, so you fit right in. Oh, here. yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to double up on score here. I hate when I do that, but I'm going to do it. Chiefs 23, Bills 20, and the reason is this. Um, the Bills offense has been rejuvenated by the replacement of Ken Dorsey with Joe Brady, but more importantly by the running game. They have been able to run the ball in traditional fashion, which they refused to do for the last two and a half, three years. Dorsey's out Brady's in suddenly they're running the ball downhill with James Cook less reliance on Josh Allen everything's cool right uh not against this Chiefs defense one of the best in the league one of the ones that I think is perfectly equipped to stop this and the Bills defense has suffered a number of injuries losing Terrell Bernard last week the impact was instant suddenly the middle of the field was open in the passing game that's how the Steelers moved down the field they chipped away at it ultimately they weren't able to finish the job but they got back in that game because the Bills' defense was hurting so much. They lost a couple other DBs in that game. There are issues. You, you don't have Tr- uh, Tredavious White already who's been out for a long time. I'm not as confident in that unit. If it's going to be you know, an elements-level game where it's it's snowy or it's still really cold and everything else, defense is going to matter that much more. And if you can't run the ball effectively on the Chiefs' defense, then suddenly you got to rely on your defense. And if your defense, I don't trust it, has got to be the one to win you the game, even against the Chiefs' offense that has not been that good all year. I'm still going with the team that's done it and done it against you and is going to sow those seeds of doubt. They're going to become full-grown crops in the fourth quarter that you're going to have to try to fight through the cornfield of doubt. You're never going to make it out to the end. So it's going to be the Bills. They're going to lose. I to love
2: that, that uh, analogy, that anecdote. That's crops. I like it.
0: Crops. I, I'm, I'm trying to crops be better at my— grow um, in
2: Orchard Park, New York.
0: My analogies, my metaphors, (laughs) my ability to change the camera level during the show, all that stuff we're working on 2024, the year of improvement. All right. uh, That's it for our previews. Do we want to do bold predictions, guys? We are nearing an hour here and Carmen, we've kept you for way too long, way longer than I ever anticipated taking up your time tonight.
1: Did you really not anticipate this?
0: I mean, really? The three of us could talk for hours. (laughs) That is true. Hours. To be fair, (laughs) Carmen was a little long
2: winded.
1: (laughs) I was right. I was. That's fine. I'll own it. This isn't television. I get to be long-winded. That's yeah, fine.
0: That's true. <laughs> Three-minute hit. You can have as much time as you want. We're happy that you were here. Um, TV boy.
1: You,
0: uh, you don't do picks. Do you do predictions? Let's do some. Do I some...
1: do bold predictions? I, yeah. No, this is. I don't really. I don't have any prepared. So, let me think off the top of my head. Um, All right.
2: Just one. The most agnostic sports reporter ever
1: uh she rolls with logic I don't know if this is a bold prediction i don't know if it's a bold prediction i what I, what i want to happen though um and what i would love to see because i love him very dearly i want antoine winfield jr to get a pick six.
0: Oh, oh, okay that fits the narrative okay i like he that hasn't,
1: i don't think he's had a pick six this year has he i no, don't he's had think two so. touchdown
0: saving tackles via forced fumble though
1: god yes
0: at the goal and
1: right? he has had interceptions but i want um, this is not me picking against the lions. I just, but I want there to be an Antoine Winfield jr. Pick six, because I think that he deserves that cherry on top.
0: He does. Um, you, you,
1: not a pro bowler, my ass.
0: You fill the Switzerland role really well, by the way, you're really good at walking the line or it's like, I'm not, I'm not I don't want the, line I'm an objective
1: reporter, Nicholas. Yes. I, yeah, but I would not like Nicholas. to see this happen. Nick.
0: There you go. Got it. Right. You know, you yeah, know, Uh, Katie chiming in and says she's coming after Sean. She says, quote, Karma was a little long-winded. Quote, breaking news. Sean has just been fired (laughs) from the podcast. (laughs) Katie, you
1: were a guest. Yeah, it's going to be me, Katie, and Nick now. Bye, Sean.
2: Uh, (laughs) And that would be the second reoccurring guest that becomes a full-time
0: host. The new podcast (laughs) name, Two Girls, One Bald, coming to you this fall. Bald with a D. Just to be clear.
1: I hate you so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's the cold open, folks. There you go,
0: <laughs> Sean. When you recover from your laughter, uh, what's your bold prediction?
2: I I already picked the Bucks to beat the Lions, so that'll be my bold prediction. The Bucks move on to the NFC title game. Okay,
1: now let's let's root for okay, chaos. don't it, don't get on me then for not having a bold prediction. Come on, I was on you. You well, that was weak. That was my down. bold
2: prediction. I mean, I know you don't have the the, the rundown we we made, but that was I, I wrote that in there.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: I mean, I'd involve you in the rundown, but you have a pretty busy schedule. I didn't want to add on to it here.
1: That's fine. Uh, yeah, I'll do mine.
0: Okay. Um, kind of follow in line with Sean here. CJ Stroud throws for 300 yards, and the Texans upset the Ravens to go to the AFC Championship game. There's your bold
1: prediction. Ooh, yeah, okay.
0: It fits what I said about Joe Flacco last week, and that didn't come true. So we'll do probably you want to –
1: wait. So, uh, Sean, do you want to speak then to Baker Mayfield's performance? Do you want to, like, Ross- predict something like – because oh. if you're picking the Bucks to upset, do you want to do you want to say like Baker Mayfield's going to go off? He's going to throw for four touchdowns, something like that.
2: Well, statistically speaking, Baker Mayfield is the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback in franchise history to throw for more than 300 yards and three touchdowns in a single postseason game. So could he do that twice? Yeah.
1: No, I'm want to do
2: that. I'm, I'm just going to go with the win. Oh. I'm going go to play. Safe. Oh. Oh. Go with wow, yeah. Yeah,
0: that was such a tease.
2: Because where would you
0: source that stat?
2: I don't want to say. I have sources. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Was that perhaps from and around the NFL tweet? I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not a next was original. No, no, but no, if it was NFL media?
2: No, but if it was, that would make total sense because um, someone in my office just likes to spout random facts that he reads on Twitter. And uh, that would hundred percent make sense if he just read it from like around the NFL and then kind of cited it. You know, as he figured that out himself. You know
0: what? Um, my fingers are fast enough to pull up this uh, this window and and uh, show y'all maybe where Sean did get it. Hmm.
1: Oh, 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 oh! NFL research. Who Look at that. Who? who wrote that article? Oh, oh, look! That, oh my oh. God,
2: was it really you? Oh. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna have so much fun with this. I'm gonna have so much fun with this tomorrow, Nick. You have no idea.
0: Interesting, isn't that convenient?
2: So my coworker Kevin, he just he spends a lot of the afternoon reading just like tweets that he sees, and he like shouts it out. And half of us like have our headphones and editing. We're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. But I paid attention to that one, and he never says like, Hey, I saw this from you know Nick Shook, or I saw this from around the NFL. He just reads the tweet out loud, and we react to it. That's kind of what he does. So I'm. Definitely going to be like, hey, where'd you get that yesterday, Kevin? Where'd you hear that? Did you you find that out yourself or was it Nick Hmm. Shook from the Gridiron podcast?
0: Ah, Moonlights as a writer on NFL. I'm so happy that was you. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, That has done it for our bold predictions. Carmen, I think at this point, we thank you for your hour and two minutes. Oh, wait, two, one, hour and three three minutes of appearance. We always love having you on. You are a wealth of knowledge, um, who is fantastic at delivering it, and an even better reporter. So Aww, we love Evan. That's up. so Thanks nice of you. Up.
1: I'm so uncomfortable. I'm sorry. That real quick, mean
2: to you. I'm so mean. Real quick, though, when you head out to Detroit, make sure you bundle up. Uh, you know, try and stay out of the elements <laughs> as much as possible. Um, I know the weather's probably going to be cold for the game. Just
0: you know, make sure you bundle up. <laughs> So speaking of which um you you said earlier you've been to a few big games at ford field in the past sean and i have also been to a oh a good big god big a game. great
2: place to watch your college football team lose two
0: championship Conference. games yep. Ah. yep we have also been there for some big games so
1: university of akron of course
0: oh wow wow
1: no! D- oh, know, god. This, this be, oh my god! god! I, I really did last that
2: last time on the Gridiron. I podcast. know.
1: I really. Yeah, that was that was wow. That was the biggest mess up I had though. So I'm I'm okay with that. That's fine.
0: Oh, I uh, it's too far away. I can't reach it right now. It's okay. Well, let that's a mulligan. We'll let you have.
1: What are you guys the golden? The golden way? golden?
0: The golden gray googly moogly? What? The golden the, your
1: mascot.
2: The Golden Flashes, a.k.a. the team that ended there we Jordan go. Golden Flashes.
0: Uh, the Golden Lightning Birds, because our logo is pretty a bird much. with lightning for a tail. Lightning, okay, lightning it. coming out of Ted. Carmen, uh, your college mascot and your undergrad mascot is. Sun Devil. There you go. And what's a Sun Devil? Same thing as a Golden what Flash. Something made cool. up by Disney. Yeah,
1: it was something made up by a, a <laughs> offshoot, a, a disgruntled Disney employee. Apparently, I don't know. No. who knows?
0: That's fun. I didn't know that. Sorry, know, well, I mean,
1: what is he? What? What even is a wildcat? Either like I went to Northwestern for like wildcats. Is that an is that an actual animal even, or is it just like something cat, that we have all
0: a cat, a cat that lives in the wild? It could have been feral cats.
1: Uh, feral cats would be a cool name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like can't really. Like, like IT, t- cats. The IT like the,
2: North- the Northwestern feral, feral
1: cats. cats. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we're the reason your dog I mean, wakes up barking that... at three in the morning.
1: are the, the way, way that Northwestern, your house. the sound that they make when they get a first down does sound like a feral cat more than what a, a, whatever a wild cat is. Okay, so. all right.
0: That's how we're gonna close it out. That's how you're gonna leave. Can you please do the impression of that sound?
1: No. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping she would
0: shoot or shoot, Nick. That's Absolutely right not. Out. Yeah, because I know that you would clip defense. that
1: and put it everywhere.
0: Uh, I, that could be the cold but Thanks
1: for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Thank
0: you, Carmen. Thank you for staying way longer Hi, than. Thank we you, thought you for would. hanging out and sharing your knowledge. We'll see you later.
1: And if you if you want to, you can check out my article on Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff best oh, quarterbacks yeah. that were given up on. Yes, on plug, Look away. all
0: your stuff. Find on it o- only
1: because I actually like that article, and I like maybe one in every 100 articles I write. Um. Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield and the Battle of the Misfits. That was my, that's the title. Go, go look it up. All right. On Fox Sports.com.
0: Uh, where can we find you on social media?
1: CarmyV, V, which I think is on the screen here somewhere. Yeah. I but always get messed up are, on what side it's on. I know. Right? Okay. CarmyV. V. Me V on Twitter and Instagram. Go there. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye
2: uh we well, love we're an around. hour and six minutes and i smell dinner you want to wrap it up nick
0: yeah um no uh sean you're wearing orange mclaren launched a new livery did you like it
2: loved it orange and black the orange is oranger they got rid of the i think it was <laughs> called rogue blue which was just some off shoot baby blue and it was kind of clashed with everything else on the car what i really like though if you go look at the livery for mclaren uh the numbers are chrome not oh to i didn't sweet. i did
0: not notice that i love little details yes. like that that's really mm-hmm. what makes a uh, branding package in my opinion is the little nods like the bucks have creamsicle on the outline of their numbers and then the yep. small yep. line of the pants that stuff's always really good um that, that's it for f1 talk uh do we do hit or love it uh we're gonna pass on do you even know sorry katie it's not because you're not here it's just because we'll bring we it back long. next week yeah i'll do it next week don't worry i'll be in the yeah. cross here sean's already prepared Uh, my love this week, Sean, for hate it or love it is that Carmen was on and just did a fantastic job and just carried the entire show. Love having her on. What's your love?
2: Uh, my love is that we still get to watch football for a couple more weeks and it gets even better.
0: Oh, I also love that Jason Kelsey dropped off a signed jersey to his favorite McDonald's employee where he always goes. Oh, that's sweet. That was cool. Uh, hate. Uh, I don't have a hate. Um, yeah, that's it. We're all love here. Yelly.
2: My hate oddly enough has something to do with jason kelsey so obviously after the eagles lose to the bucks uh, monday night you know the news breaks that jason kelsey told his teammates in the locker room that he is retiring which is the case he did tell them that this was his last game um and now today jason kelsey goes on the new heights podcast with his brother and says you know that's not how i intended for it to come out i didn't you know they gave me the floor and i didn't mean to tell them what my plans were like you know how it was leaked but you know when when i announce it i will officially announce it and stuff like that and people are taking that as i I saw someone say like young journalists you got to do better you know it's it's better to be right than to be first i'm like and i forget who broke the story i don't remember if it was adam sheffner i don't remember who broke the story in the first place but at the same time they're not wrong like he has not said oh no i'm not retiring he even said i didn't mean to tell my teammates my plans so he did tell them he's retiring he just hasn't officially announced it yet so there, there, there's no there's no learning experience here it was a good report it was good journalism jason kelsey just didn't want it to come out that way and it was always going to come out that way
0: there was a, a pretty respected reporter in philly that actually that uh, was jeff mclean i think he said jason tells jason kelsey told me i have not announced my retirement yet but he also told me do your job so i am and then he reported that he told his teammates like Time. Look, there's, there's money to be made. It's a good business move to actually save it yeah. if you're going to do it later to do it on your podcast. He said, said he's not going to drag it out. I think he's going to retire. It's just that he's going to do it the right way. I respect yeah. that. And man, what a hell of a career. Former offensive yeah. lineman here and major respect paid to anybody who can glorify the most unglorifiable position that exists, the least glamorous position in sports, center. It's an important position. It's a vital position. But to make it look sexy like he did, that's hey, runner-up
2: for sexiest man of the year, uh, Nick. I'm sorry. I, he at least has hair, so I mean, he was always he was always going to be in that running. He least taking
0: shots.
2: Taking I am. Shots, shots across the bow. Nick, shots across okay. the bow.
0: That's fair. You know what? I think I look better bald than I did with hair anyway. And you could probably bald agree is with that beautiful. Since you knew me back then. Don't look I like did. the brownie elf anymore. So whatever. All right. If, uh, the, brown, if
2: the brownie elf was juicing. <laughs> <laughs> not that you are.
0: I'm but. not. Never taking a steroid. I'd be much bigger if I was. Trust me. Uh all right. Uh for Sean Berry, I'm Nick Shook. Carmen Vitali, Thank you so much for joining us. Go check out her work uh foxsports.com. And also check her out on social media at Carmiv. She's a friend of the show and a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Sean, um, this has been episode 24 of the Gridiron Podcast and
2: we will see you next week to recap more of the NFL uh, playoffs divisional round. And as always, live life in the fast lane.
0: There it is. Goodbye.